Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening. I am the five-star man, Acer Gray. And joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. How you doing tonight, Dalton? I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm uh, recovering from last Saturday's show uh, quite quite well. The scars on the nose are healing up pretty well. Uh, fortunately, my glasses cover all of it, so you can't see it. Very happy about that. Uh, besides that, doing pretty great. That is good. Uh, interesting show tonight. I am excited for it. We get to talk about last weekend's AEW Forbidden Door. Uh, we're going to talk about this coming weekend's WWE Money in the Bank. Do a little preview for you. There's WWE 2K22 DLC to talk about. Uh, some new figures for later in the show. And some cool stuff going there uh, a few news stories as well but before we get into everything real quick just to let everybody know if you want to follow us on twitter and have your comments read on the show uh follow us on twitter at nerdiest part uh if you want to follow the show you can follow myself at the five star man uh with the number five and then you can follow dalton at mr d anthony n p o t r uh, all of that on twitter and we'll ask questions let us know what you think of shows and we'll read them on the air like we're going to here in a little bit but before we do all of that, we start each and every week with the power of positivity. Uh, there's so much terrible, evil, just unnecessary negativity put out on the internet and in social media every week, especially when it seems like when it comes to pro wrestling, that we try to do our little part to make it a little bit of a brighter place. So we start with just one thing in wrestling that makes us happy. And mine this week goes to Liv Morgan. Uh, who put on Twitter, for the month of July, I will be donating 100% of my share of Cameo earnings to the National Network of Abortion Funds. Please consider booking a Cameo from me so we can ensure every woman around the world has a choice. Um, if you followed this show, or if you've listened to this show probably even once before, or know who Dalton or I uh, are as people, uh, you, will come, uh, you will not be surprised at all uh, to hear that... Uh, we hate the Supreme Court, and all of our homies hate the Supreme Court. All of our homies <laughs> hate the Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, just, just some dog shit going down at a record clip right now. So, uh, good on Liv Morgan to use her platform to uh, raise money for what is a important cause. So, shout out to her, Dalton. Who is your or who or what is your? P.O.P. for the week. I should have went first. Because uh, it's really nah, hard. it's to- <laughs> fine. I'm, I, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I feel weird not commenting on it because, like, shit's important. And, like, oh, there's, yeah, bigger, yeah. There's, there's bigger things going on in pro wrestling. And I've always said that, like, I may have a very, very small platform, but I'm always going to use whatever platform I have to, like, say what I think is right. Yeah. Um, so, but, but it's not like, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at me, look how important. No, like, no, I no. Cause that's, cause the, p- the people that do stuff like that, that's just like, that's it's, obnoxious. And so it's, it's gross, not, I'm, yeah. I'm not like, 
I'm not, I, and I hope no one else who's listening thinks that like, oh, Asa did something, you know, worthwhile, and Dalton's <laughs> going to talk about an action figure or something. Like, no, it's, it's, that's, that's not what that is. That's not till you the know. end of the show, you dickhead. That, that's, that's that's not what the that's not what the show what this show is meant to be. But no. like I said, yeah, it no, it's be... an important one. No, it's just funny because like sometimes I do go first, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. This one, I wish I would have because quite frankly, mine is going to just going to go to AEW giving uh, Orange Cassidy his indie music back. Uh, because that Hold was... up. Pause, pause, pause. Time out. Time out. Time out. Yeah. You have some sort of music degree, allegedly. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's but... a so-called degree. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's... A... You have some sort of so-called music degree. And you need to put some fucking respect... On Starship? On, on Jane by it's... Jefferson Starship. It's not just his indie music back. It is Jane by Jefferson Starship continue you savage so anyway he got his indie music back uh and it made me so happy because like i will say like the pixie song was like perfect for him that song worked for that character it was great it was a bummer that we didn't get jane but like it it is what it is you don't always expect like especially when somebody goes to a big company and cop or licensing music and shit like that uh but they started the show with him last night and literally it was it's Wednesday, you know what that means, and they talk a little bit, and then the opening chords to Jane starts. And I think that was the hardest I popped all week, which is saying something for live wrestling this week, where it was literally just the song is what got me. Um, but yeah, no, it made me really happy, because I remember like whenever I, I texted you whenever it happened, and I was like, that's my power of positivity this week, nothing is going to make me happier in wrestling than that. Um, and nothing did, quite frankly. Uh, Forbidden Door was great, but for some reason, that song just hit so hard for me that, like, six stars, all of them. I'll get I, another one. I don't care. Seven. We're going for it. It was great. I loved it. I feel bad about... Uh, because, like, the, so apparently Tony Khan tried to reach out to the Jefferson Starship people last year at some point to get the to get the rights to the song, and he just never heard back from anybody. Like, for whatever reason, he just, like, no one responded. They just ghosted him. So then I guess he had continued to try or whatever the story is. But Sean Ross Sapp actually reported that ahead of Forbidden Door, and he never they never claimed that it was going to be at Forbidden Door. They just said, like, hey, uh, it looks like AEW has actually, like, they've secured a lot of what they're looking for when it comes to Orange Cassidy getting his original music back. But it's not 100% there. So I was really hoping to hear it at Forbidden Door. I know a ton of people were really hoping to hear it at Forbidden Door. And then when it didn't happen, it was like a little bit of a bummer. But when you look at it as like the farewell to the Pixies. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, you know, I'll let it. Especially the way that they opened it up. And it was still like a huge deal. And Khan even mentioned like you how he, you could tell he was clearly annoyed that that got out. That it oh, wasn't yeah. like a surprise. So, um, but no, yeah, it's, it, it's a ton of fun. It fits him so well somehow. Oh just, yeah. And I agree with you. Like I I like the Pixie song better. The the Where Is My Mind. Like I just I love that song in general. So it's like and I don't know if it if I would say that it fit Orange Cassidy better, but like you better believe when I was like in St. Louis and that played when he came back, like I lost my shit just immediately. Oh so, yeah. Like, that was super cool. But um but yeah, I'm it's it's fun. It's exciting. It's not like uh europe with the final countdown 
where they're like, you have to pay us like $10,000 every time you play that song. <laughs> Be because like, uh, they, never mind. Because they, because they hate it. Uh, speaking of Forbidden Door and AEW, I forgot to get the full card pulled up. Are we doing buy-in stuff or just the main? Yeah, I, so I do want to talk about the buy-in stuff because it was, it's something that like I will give a lot of credit for as well as kind of knock a like deduct a point from AEW. Okay. Um, because so WWE say what you will about their pre-shows and like the panels that they do. I kind of dig that. I like the idea of you have these like knowledgeable people, quote unquote, like, cause this is essentially like the only thing I get to do at CCW. Okay. That yeah. people that that people are ever going to see is like I get to do CCW live, where you know we get to talk in character about like who we think that is going to win the match, who is going to you know what we think is going to happen in the match, stuff like that. And I kind of dig it. Now I don't always like everybody that they have on the panels, and I think they can be kind of annoying. But in theory, I like that. But more importantly, I like where people who maybe like someone like you, who I know you're not going to watch the pre-shows, but Someone who doesn't watch all the time, but is like, well, maybe I'll check it out tonight. This gives a really good breakdown of like, okay, so here's what's been going on the last couple weeks, last couple months. Plus like the video packages, no one's ever argued that WWE makes terrible video packages. Like that's just not a thing people say. Yeah, they're good at that. So it kind of, it does a good job of like building excitement and kind of really filling in gaps for the sake of the show. And whereas AEW... Yeah, they have video packages and they have some hype packages. And granted, this is a weird case because this was kind of like a like out of universe, like out of continuity show for the most part. Like this was just kind of like, all right, we've got all these cool action figures. Make them fight. Yeah. Grander story be damned. Like we'll work stuff in. And like obviously the the interim AEW championship stuff mattered. But eh, everything else is just kind of like, wouldn't it be cool if... Shingo Takagi teamed up with Sting and Darby and they were the dudes with attitudes. Yeah, it would be. It would be really cool. So they're just going to do it. Yeah. Um, But the the pre-show for this, you really didn't get any sort of like explanation for who some of the New Japan guys are, any kind of like background on who they are. Excuse me. You just get the matches. All right, here we go. This is what's happening. You're going to watch it. Um, But instead, we did get three really solid matches for free yeah so uh i was gonna argue because you were like that was your point against it that was my point for it because you know what i got an hour before the show an extra hour of like an cool extra ass matches an extra hour of wrestling which like to me like i even said i was like this is way better than wwe's pre-show because i get fucking 45 minutes of people talking just weird shit in a shucky ducky quack quack moment of the night and then uh. I get an eight-minute match that is not fulfilling, and then one more final hype package for three of the matches, and then that's it. Whereas this, it was like three really solid matches. Uh, more people got to be on the card. The the crowd was super hot for it, and like it, no, it was. I was happy about it because we got more content that I actually wanted to see. Because and it, maybe it would have been different if it was a not canonical because this is a canonical show, but a more in AEW universe show. Where there is a lot of story you have to tell. You probably couldn't pull that shit off at full gear. 
because right. you have to tell all the stories going into every match where like you said this is this is toy box so instead of giving me a whole bunch of background on toy or like on toy box just give me more toy box that's what i need like that's what i honestly that's what i'm paying the money for and, yeah, and like is it I'm, I don't think I'm right and you're wrong like at all because it, it is just – it's a personal preference yeah. thing. And I also want to be very, very clear. I enjoyed the hell out of the pre-show. I'm not saying I would have rather had, you know, a bunch of talking heads for AEW, you know, tell us why we need to know, uh, you know, why it's Clark Connors in the match instead of Ishii. Like, it, it's it, – that's whatever. We can address that later. I just – that's the, – the, the matches were friggin' awesome and I dig it. It was just a weird, like – Huh, yeah, this really is a big difference between the, the, the two, you know, major companies. And, like, that could, uh, be, that could be a big reason of, like, why I just really kind of enjoy watching that product more. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I, tr- I turned on Raw Monday Night Asa, and I got through 20 minutes, and then they kept talking about Cena for 20 years, and I was like, alright, cool, I'm good. Not that I don't like Cena, I like Cena just fine. Like, he's one of the best of all time, but I was like, I just, I don't have interest in it, and I don't know how I'm going to rehard. Like, I tried WrestleMania. I watched WrestleMania and watched, like, a little bit the next night, and, like, I just, uh, I couldn't. But at least with AEW, like, at least they give me, they're very much catering to me. Like, that's what I feel like. I feel like this company is just like, what is Dalton Anthony like? He just likes wrestling. We're just going to give him that for, like, a whole pay-per-view. The pre-show, what are we going to do? All matches all the time. I yeah. was a giant fan of it. They pretty much gave me a good, like, what, four or five hours of wrestling? Yeah, that's all I needed. That I gave them money for it. But, uh, yeah, no, the, uh, the pre-show... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, because then we'll go, we'll go into what the pre-show actually was. Um, I really much appreciated the fact that the opening match had uh, stakes going into Wednesday night with uh, Yoshihashi and Togo winning, or Goto winning... Uh, their match because now they're gonna have a, a tag match tomorrow night on Rampage. Um, that was cool. The uh, Lance Archer murder somebody match. That's what it needed to be. Uh, the moonsault off the old school. That's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty. Did you feel like shit? Oh man, it really did. And then I was <laughs> no. Hey, so what happened was was all right. Now I bet I could do that. That's honestly what happened in my head. So don't be surprised. And. Uh, the uh, acclaimed Ass Boys match against the uh, LA mm. Dojo. That was real weird. I wasn't a big fan of it. The only thing that made that worthwhile was Danhausen. Uh, yeah, that we'll, we'll get there here in a second. But that to me, that was the one miss on the pre-show. That's fair. Um, That's totally which bums fair. Me out, which bums me out because of how big of a fan I am of, of the Ass Boys and the acclaimed. Um, but yeah, first the first match on the pre-show was Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeating the factory Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. Um, QT Marshall continues to be just the most underappreciated person on the AEW roster, I think, by the AEW fans. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't get how good he is at what he does because he doesn't want you to, almost. Like, he, I it's... It, it, he's, I don't know. I'm a huge QT Marshall fan. I thought he almost died doing the Sasuke I'm s- special. I I'm thought- sorry, Kevin Cade, but I'm, I am a huge fan of QT Marshall. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the fact that he can do a Sasuke special. Oh like, yeah. Is it the prettiest thing in the world? No, but can he do it better than like most the, he, but he does a thing that like most of the human population can't do, yeah. which yeah, that's most of wrestling, but even just like, 
if you go up to a random person and be like, hey, do a back handspring, they're not going to be able to do <laughs> I'd it. I'd be like, like go just, fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that match was a lot of fun. I disagree with you, though, that um, they're doing the whole... AEW is now doing, not like they're, let me rephrase that because that makes it sound like it's a bit, like they're doing it all the time and they're not. But the match between them and the Young Bucks on tomorrow on Rampage is if they beat the Young Bucks, then they get a rematch for the title. Yeah. And that is something that WWE does all the time and it's always stupid. And I think it's stupid here. If you want to have a, like, I don't think there's a reason to add that stipulation, even if it is just a, oh, you think you're so great, then we will fight you on Friday, but you're not getting a chance at the tag titles. And then if they end up winning somehow, then you could even, then they could leverage it as just like, nope, okay, well now we get a shot here. Like, you can do it after the fact, but when you expressly say that if you beat the champion, you get a chance at the championship. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Lance Archer versus Nick Camarado, like you said, like that's just that was a big boy fight. Yeah, two big, big, be- big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, I'm I'm very on board with that. Uh, Camarado is a guy that I'm surprised they really haven't done more with, just because he seems solid. Like, and maybe it's because I've only seen like, excuse me, limited outings from him that maybe he's not like all the way there yet. But the way that they present him, it makes me think he is. Yeah. Like, it makes me think that he's ready to be doing more than what they're they're having him do. So that's a credit to, like I said, if that's the case, that's a credit to AEW for hiding his weaknesses very, very well. But I still like the <laughs> just random, I think it was Dustin Rhodes that hit him with the wooden chair and it just like shattered over his head and him just like yelling about it. And it's like, what the fuck? The only reason there was ever a wooden chair was just so they could do that. There yeah. was no other, like, it's not like they use wooden chairs ever in wrestling. No, they just it did it just that one me... time for that reason. It always makes me laugh. Um, my favorite part of the pre-show, uh, though, was Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on Suzuki-Goon, Des- El Desperado, and Kanamura. And I am not super familiar with Kanamura. I know Desperado. Um, but this was a ton of fun. I like the dynamic of Keith Lee still being pissed at Strickland. I like, you know, Strickland just being like, you know, whatever, get over it. The, um, this match worked a lot. I want to see El Desperado a lot more because like mm-hmm. just seeing him, like he's someone that I feel like is really kind of starting to, to blow up recently. Cause again, I don't follow new Japan as closely as I would like. So I kind of, I only see bits and pieces of stuff, but, um, yeah, I was, I was very into this match. Uh, yeah, I think that's right when we got our food. I totally forgot that match happened, which is a shame. But we literally just gotten food right when it happened because I was like, wait, they had they had a match? And then I was like, oh, yeah, we were, like, sorting through our shit when we got that happened. And my brain just, like, noped it out of my head. I'm surprised you didn't let the food go cold because Swerve Strickland was on TV. I know. I was really hungry that day. I was real hungry that I was It was after a show. I yeah, My body is always weird after that. You're a disappointment. I am. Um, and then the main event of the pre-show was Max Caster and the Gun Club, Billy Gunn, ass, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, um, so Max Caster and the Ass Boys, taking on the New Japan Dojo, and uh, which is Yamura, um, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. Um, 
I'm not gonna lie, this was dumb. So before the match starts, Danhausen shows up on the screen, does the best thing I've ever seen anyone do while on the big screen, and being like, oh, look, I can crush you, and do, like, the little kid, like, I'm gonna squish your head yeah. thing. I don't know how no one else has done that before, or if they have. Didn't I he also say, like, hey, it's giant me or some shit like that? Yes, it's giant Danhausen. Yeah, that's what he, um, yeah, it's giant Danhausen, yeah. But he said he made a song for the Ass Boys. He played them like a weird parody Ass Boys song. It was very sweet of him. It was a, it was a generous gift. But that led to Colton and Austin running to the back. So then it was a four on two of Billy Gunn and Max Caster against the Dojo, and they won. And it's pretty, like, man, ha- pretty handily too. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a scrappy fight, and it was short because it was like it was like the Wikipedia says five minutes thirty five seconds. Yeah, like, oh, all right, like, I don't know. I kind of see like this could have been the one time you let you let someone you let you know Caster eat the pin here. It doesn't hurt him at all. But okay, that's uh, that's the decision they went with. Then did you see what they're happened? They're there, and I'm here. Did you see what happened last night on Rampage? Or on yeah, Bowen's Bowen's hit. Uh, it's a miracle the... he can walk. Uh, mm-hmm. I was super happy, but yeah, no, just the moment where Billy Gunn pushes down uh, Austin, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, he has two new sons now, and they're not utter disappointments. This is awesome. I don't know who they're turning face in this, but I'm here for it. Uh, it's the acclaimed. It's no, the acclaimed. It, uh, the The crowd has been ready to cheer like fully. The acclaimed for weeks now and Bowen's, Not, like longer than that and bowens can walk now i was so happy i was like I, I even i did the stupid thing where i yelled it's a miracle at my tv uh because it just made me, it was just so funny <laughs> to see Danhausen, him Danhausen pointing in confusion at the leg yeah was pre- I, I enjoyed that yeah oh my god uh Danhausen having two partners sorry i know this isn't the dynamite review but just like I have two partners, they're really good at wrestling. I don't know. And then Cassidy was like, <laughs> "It has to be hooking someone else." And then FTR's music plays, and I was like, mm-hmm. "No, they're really good at wrestling." <laughs> yeah, I a little bummed it wasn't hooking someone else. But if it like if it's not gonna be hook and a third, then this is the be- number one option. Yeah, uh, FTR Housen. So I'm very into that. It also makes me happy that they like him. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it's just like. It's one of those things where it's if 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 FTR I, and again it's maybe the thing it's just like oh Ace is a fucking idiot watching TV and he's buying into it way too much like how I didn't like Eddie Kingston because he was presented as a heel in videos that I had seen of him and he just seemed like such an asshole but it was because he was supposed to like it because yeah, he got me because he because he was doing his actual job at that moment yeah exactly. Um, and which granted that's been years and years. I've, I've long since been corrected on loving Eddie Kingston. The, it's the, it's the whole, like, it kind of validates the idea that like, no, Danhausen isn't just a, a, a comedy act. Yeah. Like there's, there is intelligence and like talent there because it's, I feel like FTR wouldn't really play along as much as they do like on his vlogs and like shit like that. If they didn't like, no, this dude is good. So it's yeah. like, it's that weird little, like. I like these people and they agree with me, so cool. Like, yeah, that's neat. Sorry, um, I, I, the, sorry, it was just onto the main card itself. Onto the main card itself. We're already super into the show. Um, first match was Minoru Suzuki, and I'm not calling them by their tag team name. And Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara 
defeating Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. Um, Wheeler fucking Yuta, y'all. Oh, God. I'm pretty sure I tweeted that out at some point. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, also, if you need to know the di- shortest distance between two points, you put Eddie Kingston at point A and tell him <laughs> that Chris Jericho is at point B. And he'll tell you. <laughs> because he'll just follow him. The This match was good. I, I enjoyed this a lot. It was kind of a showcase for kind of everybody. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I like how much they gave Shota and Wheeler both. Like they, they, they really could have leaned more into the Eddie and Jericho than they did, or even the Eddie and Suzuki for that matter. But they, they didn't, they kind of, they let everybody really kind of to shine here. So I, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Plus there was, and I didn't even realize there was a stipulation for it until after the fact, but the, this led to, the winning team getting the advantage at Blood and Guts. So Jericho's team won. Jericho's team got the uh, numbers advantage, got the the entry, excuse me, entry advantage uh, on Wednesday. Next up was FTR defeating the United Empire and Rapongi Vice uh, in a winner-take-all for the ROH World Tag Titles and the IWGP Tag Titles. Loved it. Uh... Again, I don't care if it was always the plan, but when Dax got taken to the back from this cursed-ass fucking show... Oh, yeah. And then he came back out, I lost my shit. And I apologized to no one. I hide that from no one. That got me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I'm hoping it was all a work, like that this was not a legit, like, oh, he thought he tweaked something, but it turns out he was fine. Um, that is what I'm hoping and choosing to believe. I think that's what reports were saying it was, like, it was a work. Which, like, I'm not a fan of that. We've, I've gone over this with you before. I don't like fake injury angles, because that's, you're playing with fucking a weird hand at that moment where you're just kind of asking for some shit to happen. Especially Mm -hmm. on this, like you said, cursed-ass card. Uh, but it, it was really well done. Um... It really did make uh, Cash look like a million bucks, too, in a lot of the spots that he had by himself. Like, mm-hmm. that match did about everything it needed to do for all eight pe- or six people involved. Yeah. Um, and it was it's super cool seeing uh, FTR hold the IWGT, uh, IWGP titles. That's super dope. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's really neat. I, I did enjoy that match, which is going to be my uh, rating for a lot of these matches of, I really did like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this, this was, this was very, very good. I, and I like all six of these guys. Um, I'm least familiar with great Ocon, but at this point, like I'm off, I'm fully on board. It's all right. Uh, though. It, he got it, outside all right. of his, he, yeah, no, it's fine. No, because he got consoled by some porn stars. He told us, <laughs> he, was, yeah, just... <laughs> no, he, he showed us Uh great Ocon is, is just, S tier social media content. Oh yeah, no, that is a he knows his brand. He's like Danhausen, but for somehow better and worse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Danhausen is like meticulously like scripted and you know no. cultivated. I don't think Ocon is that. No, I it's, think it's just like <laughs> a day in his it, life. He's a vlogger. He's he just the most that, dopest vlogger ever. <laughs> he found out that there was a little box that he can carry around in his pocket that lets all of his thoughts go onto the internet for other people to yeah. see. And it's one of those things that's just like, hmm, I wonder if that's a good idea. Yes. We <laughs> saw his wild week in Vegas. Yes. It's a great idea. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, next match was uh, the Fatal 4-Way for 
the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Um, I... I, I'm jury's still out on them adding a new championship. They did make it sound like this is an ongoing one, like one that will be de- we will see defended on shows going forward. Like it is, it is another title to be competed for in AEW. So I'm on board with that. That like in premise, but it's a matter of like, okay, let's see what the follow up is. Uh, in that match, Pac defeated Clark Connors, Miro, and Malachi Black uh, again fucking nutso match absolutely wild um i love that and i I, it seems like we have to be getting it because of the way the finish was but i messaged you that like i need miro and his god versus the house of black now yeah give me miro versus buddy matthews give me miro versus brody king give me miro versus julia hart i don't care (laughs) give me miro versus malachi black like i want all of it um just for the like the 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 promos alone will make that feud worth it but then the matches they'll have mm, Mm. on board 100 percent um my only gripe on this is clark connors was a replacement because ishii was the one who was supposed to compete in the match was injured theme of the night um and connor's was his replacement and i thought they could have done a lot more with him he really got maybe a couple instances where he got to really kind of show off the you know the 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 wild rhino stuff like his in his intensity and his athleticism and those little glimpses were really cool and it did feel like he he fit in with these other three like super established names but ultimately he was just kind of in there getting his ass kicked a lot yeah which like yeah when you consider who he's in there against it makes sense and and it's and like i said it's not a major complaint it's just a little it's a minor gripe from me and what is asa and a thing he enjoys if there's not minor gripes yeah i I agree with what you're saying, but I'm disagreeing with, I think, what the outcome is. I think this really did boost his stock because it's one of those where it's like, I there's probably a large majority of the people in that Chicago crowd that had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like, the people at home that are paying $50 for the... Because I think paying for it versus going to see it are two totally different things. Um, whereas, like, the people that are there that paid to see it, they wanted to see the spectacle of it and maybe get to catch the matches, whereas, like, me and you, we wanted to see what they were going to do with this show. Um, and I wanted, a lot of the American audience probably had no idea who Clark Connors is. Definitely knows who he is now. Okay, sorry about that hard cut there. Um, I think either my Discord crashed or my internet crashed. Hopefully it was all you're hearing was Dalton was mid-thought. And then there was a weird little gap of silence. And then this, I started talking. So uh, we're talking about the uh, All-Atlantic Championship matchup. Dalton was making a point about Clark Connors, and he's going to keep making that point. Yeah, but basically the, the, the long and short of it is I think a lot of the American audience did not have an idea of who that was. And you could either overuse them or underuse them. But as long if you underuse him, as long as you make any amount of time that you use him worth it, which I feel like he made a hundred percent of the opportunity given to him, considering he was a replacement, um, yeah. they could have done more with him, but they had no build for it. It's not like Ishii, who has been on the show a couple times, uh, people were at least aware of who he was. This was a sight unseen person to a lot of the American audience, 
Um, because I, I feel like not a lot of people followed New Japan leading into this show. Uh, they may have known the champions or may have like looked into the people that are going to be on the card. So they wouldn't have known who Clark Connors was because he didn't get announced until like a week before. Um, but the amount of time that he had in the spots they gave him, I think the dude upped his value stateside exponentially. Uh, especially being in there with the three people he was. Yeah. No, and, and like I said, I do agree that I think that, like, okay, hey, we're going to give you these, like, two, three spots here. He killed those. Like, he did everything he needed to do. So, I just, I would have liked to have seen him been able to do a little bit more. Um, But overall, yeah, that was one of my favorite matches of the night. Like, they're in a, what is a, like, friggin' overall just killer friggin' show. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. But also, it had Miro and Malachi Black and Pac, so. Shocker that Asa loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, the Dudes with Attitudes, Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo Takagi defeated the Bullet Club, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and El Phantasmo. Um, the way this match started, where Sting didn't come out, and then the Bullet Club comes out, the lights go out, the spotlight up at the very, very top of the arena, and there's someone in the Sting mask, and then the lights go out again, and the awesome shot of Bullet Club on the ramp, and just the shadow of Sting, like, above them, Yeah. before they turn around, and he, the 62-year-old man dives off of the top of the entry ramps, like, or off the entry tubes. I loved it. This match, again, was one that uh, was a lot better than I th- expected, and it's not like I was expecting it to be bad by any stretch. But it, just the way that, like, the way Takagi worked with his team was awesome. Um, this match gets a bonus star. If I did star ratings, it would have an, a, just a plus one automatically with Phantasmo doing the Matt Jackson back rakes. Oh, yeah. And then Matt Jackson doing the back rakes. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that. Like, I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, also, I'm a big fan of Phantasmo. Like, he was doing stuff in Impact for a little bit, but he's he's a weird cat, and I dig it. Oh, yeah, like, no. I'm, um, uh, I didn't get the exact gear I wanted, but, man, mm-hmm. it was pretty much what I wanted, and I was super happy to see it. Uh, just see, and, and they came out to the Bullet Club music, and they all came out together, so that was cool. Yeah, no, it's exactly what I kind of wanted that to be, so I was, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I wish, uh, I really wish Bullet Club would have won, but like, it's fine. It's this is one, fine. This is one that I kind of like. Okay, because again, in WWE, they do it a lot. Uh, they just did it on SmackDown. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a bit more. But champions losing matches that you know like losing non-title matches typically i'm not super into um but this kind of there's there's the fact that phantasma was the one that took the pin you know it wasn't a a traditional tag match like okay i and they don't do it a ton so there's still enough like okay it's not a habit like this isn't something that they regularly do that i'll kind of give it a pass that said I'm a little surprised that, you know, they're defending against uh, Bishamon instead of uh, Takagi and someone. Or, Mm -hmm. so, I thought that would be... uh, I thought that would factor in a little bit more, and it doesn't seem like it did. But, yeah, yeah, I I dug this match, too. This was was a ton of fun. Uh, So, real quick, um, because I was going to do this at the end of the review, but I did... 
um, reach out earlier today to Rebecca Valentine, who works for IGN. We had the uh, episode where we talked about her being a fan of AEW. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. It's on, uh, if you go to nerdiestpart.com, or no, I don't know if we have nerdiestpart.com set up yet. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, the RSS feed, just scroll up. Or at nerdiestpart on Twitter, it's our pin tweet. Yeah. But I reached out to her just as like a, a more casual fan, like, hey, what did you think of Forbidden Door? Because it's not just like an AEW story. It's an NG, it's a New Japan show. Uh, and we talked a little bit. But one of the things that she mentioned that she that wasn't like off, uh, that but it was on topic. So I, I want to read it from her. Um, she liked who she liked Takagi. Uh, he was cool. Good to watch. Also, Sting no selling is so fucking funny to me. The double super kick oh, and yeah. him just like leaning back forward and beating the chest. So good. Um, but then she followed up with something that I think is like actually really important. This is not a pay-per-view comment, but more just a general thought. But knowing nothing of Sting's history, they've done a good job of selling him to me as a grizzled vet who is just ultra powerful. I have never seen Sting physically do anything that impressive, but they've sold him so well that he literally never has to. I just believe he could kill someone with a glance. Very good. And it's like, yeah, that's something you got to consider. There's people who this is their first exposure to Sting. And AEW's kind of killed it. Yeah. With with that. And so I wanted I wanted to give a shout considering, out there. Also just... Considering that like eight years ago, WWE tried... And just dropped the whole ball with him. But did they try? I mean, they tried in they the sense... They had him. In the sense that they put him in matches, yes, they tried. Uh, But, like, yeah, no, AEW with somebody that is older than what WWE was playing with has done a whole lot more with him and may- making him important. Yeah. Um, and, and they 100% have, and that's that's super cool. Uh, next up was Thunder Rosa defeating Tony Storm to retain the AEW Women's World Championship. I know I said on the preview show that I was excited for them to have this match at Forbidden Door just so we could get some sort of women's match out of it. Um, but where it was positioned on the card and, you know, it went 10 minutes kind of made it feel less important than I think it needed to, which mm-hmm. was a bummer. Um, I really hope that Thunder Rose's next feud, and honestly, Tony Storm's for that point, is, is treated like a bigger deal, and they're given a lot more TV time and build time. You know, even if it was like, if, if this if this was another, if we got a Thunder Rosa-Tony Storm rematch down the line, I would not be upset at all. Yeah. Like, give them a, give them a little bit more time. But it was a good, it, it was a good match. It was just a little bit short when compared to other stuff on the card so uh next up was a singles match for the iwgp united states heavyweight championship will osprey defeating orange cassidy Ooh. my match of the night Ooh. um well this it, it's tied it's, it's probably tied i think um it's it's something that like i what i tweeted out was like there's people out there who think that orange cassidy can't wrestle and those people are certified class A morons. Yeah. Because it's just, holy shit, the, the stuff that they did, this was such a good match. And for two people that like constantly get the criticism of, oh, they just, they don't know how to work their spot. You know, it's, it's, it's spot fest. They don't blah, know how blah, to blah. tell a story, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. This like, okay, where, where is your, where, say it now. 
Look me, watch this match, look me in the eye and say that. Because holy shit, this match ruled. Yeah, it was it was so good. And again, I we kind of talked about it in the pre-show, but I absolutely love how Orange Cassidy can work with almost anybody and do his thing. Yeah. Um. Even the... It's the superhero pose, Asa. It's the superhero pose. Osprey hits all of his flippy stuff. Will Osprey drops the slowest, slowest way you can to one knee and mm-hmm. barely flipping the arm out to do it in tandem. It's it was so good, and that wasn't even like it was part of the match. But that wasn't even part of the match. That was just extra. Mm-hmm. That was like little. That was a little add on. The, the match itself was so good. Osprey having him in the abdominal stretch and reaching in his pocket, to, and then pulling out the middle <laughs> finger is so good. I love that. Um, the it's 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 more of an Osprey thing because he does it in all of his matches. But like the Oz cutter doesn't count unless he does his little hand pose. Yeah, like he's got to he's, he's got to do he's got to do the hand thing. It's the wind up. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's what makes it powerful. Yeah, uh, it's not if the he hits move. It without it. It's it's only point five. It's point five times damage. Yeah, so it's, you know it's, it, he's got to. What is uh-huh. what is wrestling but an RPG, Asa? I see you saying that just brings in brings in mind that they're doing a wrestling RPG that WrestleQuest. Yeah, and how I, I really want to play that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this match ruled. I, I, I loved it. Um, again, minor, minor nitpick of a thing that AEW tends to do, but like it, 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 to me, it makes the faces look dumb. Will Ospreay came out with Aussie open. Orange Cassidy came out by himself. Yeah. Like I get that Rapongi Vice, like Trent and, and, um, Rocky Rocky. Romero, they were in a match earlier. Uh, but like. Was Statlander not there? Like, Chuck Taylor just debuted on, or just re-debuted on Wednesday. Wednesday. So, like, I get that he's not there, but, like... In the most dope track suits of all time. <laughs> sorry, we're back. The, the Seth Rollins suit equivalent of track suits. Yeah, sorry, I just, I needed to get that out there, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's an important point to make. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. So, it's, but it's, but that, it happens a lot. Where the heels will come out with their whole entourage, and, like, the faces come out with their friends at the entryway... And then the friends leave, and it's like, you see that you're sending this dude to a one-on-three, right? Like, c- come on. Yeah. But, again, minor nitpick, match ruled. It's just so a, good. It's it more, so more of an AEW thing as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then the match that I think ties for my favorite match of the night was Zack Sabre Jr. against a mystery opponent handpicked by Brian Danielson to, replay, to be the newest member of Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, and it was Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> it's it's him as Claudio. The friggin' reaction he got. Um, it kind of sucked that unless I missed it by no, the camera. You, yeah, the, it wasn't good. This this was a WWE debut, unfortunately, because it's like you saw the crowd losing their shit, but you couldn't see who it was. Yeah. But like you just kind of knew anyway, so it was still exciting, I guess. But uh, this was very much AJ Styles in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, where that was like, my we first are on song. the wrong camera. Yeah, here. But I loved this match, uh, Claudio. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter was like, "I'm sitting near people." It, it might have been Colette from Fightful, or not Fightful, um, Fan Fight. Yeah, I think it. I think it was her. Um, <laughs> tweeting out like, "I'm sitting near people who are trying to tweet." You still got it at someone whose last match was in February of this year. Yeah. 
I hate wrestling fans. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, this match was amazing. Uh, yes, I would have loved to have seen Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr., but if if there is going to be a replacement, this is a damn good one. And the match ruled. JR being like, oh, stop it, as Claudio is like one-arming, carrying, walking up the stairs with Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Just ignorant amount of strength in this quote-unquote human being. Moxley thinks he's an alien. I tend to agree. That's why Kingston doesn't trust him. They fist bumped. It was sweet. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Been hilarious as shit if Claudia would have immediately just wrecked him. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> waiting for it. I really was. But... Uh, Claude, yeah, Claudio Castagnoli, newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club. He also picked up the win against Zack Sabre Jr. there um, on Sunday in just such a good match. The him, him sacrificing the long spin on his first spin back to sell the arm. Yeah, real good. Oh, that was like it because it made me think like, oh, shit, is he did he get hurt? Like, did he legit just, like, have to drop that? Because, because again, cursed fucking show, and just, you know, most people would want to get their shit in. All the, like, oh, no, I'm spinning you for an hour. Yeah. Like, we're I'm taking up all that pay-per-view time. Did you, uh, did you see, I don't remember who tweeted it out, but it was something like, they really need to end a, end a rampage, or end a dynamite with Claudio hitting the yes. big swing, and then let Rampage be him continuing the swing. Yes. <laughs> like, just think, let him think that it was a two-day-long swing. And I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Let that happen. At least twice. <laughs> it would it would be WCW level of... Like, not during a match, though. Like, I don't want it during a match, because that would be the whole, like, oh, we're running out of time, and now we have to tune in on Friday to see who wins. That would be stupid. But if they end, like, an interview or an in-ring segment or something with him swinging, like... Jeff Parker, uh, or Cool Hand Ang, excuse yeah. me, Ange, uh, and then yeah, they Friday it starts back. With the, I would love <laughs> it. That, that would be amazing. Uh, the Fatal Four Way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. The first time the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship has ever been defended in a four way match, which is super cool. Uh, Jay White. Defeating Hangman Adam Page, Kazuchika Okada, and Adam Cole, Bebe. Um, really, really good match. Really, really unfortunate ending. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently, Adam Cole sustained an injury during the match. Um, it was Brian Alvarez, I believe, that said that he believed it was a concussion. Um, and so, you have to think that the ending of the match was supposed to be Okada hitting the Rainmaker... White hitting the switchblade on Okada, and then White pinning Cole. Yeah. So, but when Cole, like, seemingly legit collapsed before the Rainmaker hit, and then White pinning Cole, like, I think commentary kind of covered it by saying, oh, they saw that Cole was just, he saw Cole was done, so he went after him. So, like, they kind of covered it, but yeah, it it ended very anticlimactically, um, but the match overall was still, like, as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah, and um, um, props to all four or all three involved uh, to not let Cole take more damage. Um, yeah, I think that's super important to note on this. Um, if he did have a concussion, really good on Jay White to not pick him back up 
and do something to like not sacrifice the finish. Uh, it was fine. It was definitely wonky, but like I would much rather have a wonky finish than hear that Adam Cole sustained a concussion off a drop kick and then they kept bumping him. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was the best case scenario. They got him. Jay White got him out of the ring, or at least got the they. He got everything to stop so they could get Cole taken care of, um, which is good. And at least the match ended. Like there was an end to the match. It was, it was yeah. the best ending, but at least they took care of the person in question. Yeah. I also, I will say I really liked in the, in the match itself um, because obviously, you know, Jay White has been screwing with Cole pretty much the whole lead up to, you know, I'm not defending it against you. It's not about you, but Cole still just like, no, but he's my friend. Yeah. like kind of deal. Um, But it was Cole was the one to initially start the the fighting between him and white with a backstabber which was with a backstabber that is is just so fun like it's so it's it's so simple it's so simple it's it's so unnecessary and it's like oh it you know it's the subtlety of a brick yeah like good it's so simple though it was it was great beat me over the head with it i loved it um and then the that got event, me. I'm not going to lie. That backstabber got me. I was like, nice. That was good. That was a good yeah. choice. That was a good choice. Good shit. Good shit. And then the main event was John Moxley defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi to win the interim AEW World Championship. Um, and personally, I recognize that this was a very, very good match. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it didn't a hundred percent click with me um rebecca valentine like rebecca said the same thing because she was like i feel like i'm going to be in the minority here but like you know because the internet loved it which again i get that it was really good Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that it was bad it's just there were i need to rewatch it i think because i don't know if it was because again the the AEW pay-per-views tend to run later uh this was at this point like we had seen like a, a bunch of our like about a five, whole lot of really awesome wrestling already. We watched about five so, hours of wrestling prior to. Yeah, so, um, I I was just I was, it, I wasn't blown away by it, which bummed me out because like I was very much looking forward to this match. But again, I recognized that it was really good, um, and it, it's something that they did a good job of making me think like, oh shit. Tanahashi might win the, like, the, Tanahashi might actually be the interim champion. Yeah. Because they're fucking, it's John Moxley and Tanahashi. Of course they're going to get me. Like, duh. It was a, it was a really good match that if it would have been earlier on the card, more people would have talked about in, like, a super highlight. Um, it felt like they wrestled a very much more of a New Japan style match. Where it wasn't as, like, how should yeah. I say? No, I get it. It was this was a, less of an AEW match and more, more of a New, New Japan, Japan match. match. Yeah, and I think that's why. Like, there, it's been positive. It's been a lot more positive than what people like. You're not in a minority. I have heard both ways of it. Like people thinking that mm-hmm. it was underwhelming. To me, it was a New Japan match, which made a lot of sense if you really think about the grand scheme of things. The AEW championship match was more of a New Japan match, but that IWGP match was AEW in a goddamn nutshell. This was a New Japan match on an AEW card full of AEW matches. 
but like you said it also makes a lot more sense in the se- in the sense that John Moxley went in saying he wanted to he wanted to be the new ace yeah he wanted Tanahashi to know that he was better than him and them wrestling that new japan style actually really lends into that so i definitely need to rewatch this match and again like i know people have said underwhelming um but like underwhelming and bad are two very different things yeah like no i don't i haven't seen anyone say that the match was bad or that like it was a bad main event just like but also man look at this match the expectations were damn near impossible to hit yeah because when you look at who's involved so i mean that that does make a lot of sense and uh, that's what it was to me whenever i saw because i thought it too like five ten minutes and i was like man this is and i was like oh no i know what they're doing i know exactly what they're doing it's just my yeah. brain has been watching AEW for the last four and a half hours, five hours. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that they it wasn't a slow match by any stretch of the imagination, but the psychology of it was a lot different. And it's that whole thing when you have a tonal shift like that, and especially when you put it at the very end of a card. Yeah. Like, it's it gets wonky. And, like, it doesn't, because, like, everybody's expecting it to go a million miles an hour, which, like, yeah, they both can do that. But this is the hook that I'm putting. This is the hook. I'm sorry to interrupt you because you're on a roll, but this is the hook that I'm putting on Twitter and that I'm putting in the description. That might be the smartest thing I have ever heard you say about pro wrestling. So I'm I'm giving you that acknowledgement there. Oh, thanks. Like, because I tend, you know, I I, I shit on you a lot, mostly because you say things that should get shit on. (laughs) But like, (laughs) legit, that is that is probably the most intelligent thing I've ever heard you say, because it's like, holy shit. That is a hundred percent what it is. Yeah, it's just they wrestled a different style that night, and yeah. it, everybody else wrestled not the same, but kind of like everybody else had AEW expectation matches. It, whereas, like, I'm not, I would not say that Moxley and Tanahashi had a Wrestle Kingdom main event style of match, but it was definitely a co-main. Like, there were some finishers kicked out of the crowd, like. They did it correctly. I think a lot of people, it was underwhelming because it was a giant tone shift of a match, if that makes sense. No, yeah, because it, it, we went from having, uh, like you said, four and a half hours of AEW matches into a New Japan main event. Yeah. And it, 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 it that was just kind of like, oh, hey, okay, we're, we're going from fifth gear, you know, but we're dropping it hard back just so we can get going again. Yeah. But it's going it, to be a hell of a no. drive to get back to the fifth gear, but like... You're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to suffer through a little bit I say suffer like it wasn't fucking great it was an amazing match but yeah. like you know what I mean like it was it was no, a lot different it was a lot this different is, this is the one match that you really could kind of and maybe the Osprey match too a little bit but but just because it's Osprey like you could take those and put those on a Wrestle Kingdom card yeah and they would fit in with like the rest of everything else there so um but yeah that is forbidden door um we did ask uh you what did you think of forbidden door um and so rebecca valentine she sent me a bunch of thoughts um which i loved because she greatly enjoyed the show um her favorite match was uh orange cassidy and osprey i already liked orange a lot but wow osprey and him worked so well together and like it was this great thing where i knew orange would not reasonably win but the match was so good i was convinced like five or six times that he had it and i was going to be surprised i was standing up and yelling um hell yeah so that was awesome um and then where was the uh i asked her what she thought about like the crossover in general and like as a casual fan who doesn't know anything about new japan what she thought i like the idea of the crossover i hope they continue to do more crossover stuff going forward blood and guts on wednesday implied they might so i can get to know these dudes better 
though because there's no women's division, they don't seem to know what to do with women's matches while all this is going on, and that's annoying to me. Completely fair. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, overall, very good. Did feel strange given all the injuries mucking things up. Hope everyone is okay and Forbidden Door isn't cursed. Uh, I didn't fully understand why I was supposed to be excited about a lot of the matches, though. The AEW talent that I knew carried it mostly for me. And again, I think the injuries unfortunately hurt them a lot because there were matches I was stoked for that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, which, completely fair. But still, like, it's cool to see that, like, even someone who isn't freaking out about Tanahashi being on an AEW show still... was able to enjoy it yeah so because it's one of those like Uh, i wish we would have done a show with her so i could be like and i wouldn't like we wouldn't want to be annoying about it being like how the fuck did you not like okada but i would love to hear like what her thoughts of okada was when he came out because it's one of those like when you see him Mm -hmm. like how should i say it he's impressive looking that motherfucker looks like a wrestler like there's no bones about it but once he takes the jacket off like there's nothing outwardly remarkable about him does that make sense yes but we forgot one um fuck you for saying there's nothing outwardly remarkable about him because we didn't mention the most important part of that match okada's thighs i always know okada's thighs he's been he's been wrestling in bikers for a while yeah i know but like but you don't you know you don't get to see him as much exactly so this was special for me i remember Um, also something there was one other thing that we didn't mention that we should have after the osprey uh orange cassidy match um aussie open and osprey jumped orange cassidy uh and then shibata came out oh yeah and what was it what was such a cool super cool moment uh shibata shirtless orange cassidy put the ray-bans on and that awakened feelings inside (laughs) of me uh because that was awesome one of my favorite things on just random facebook wrestling things i saw was just a picture of okada making his entrance in the caption being I think this Okada guy's over. I don't know why it's so funny to me whenever, like, and it was very much tongue-in-cheek, but it's one of those where it's like, I like just getting to see Okada in the States because he is treated like Okada should be treated. Like, right. and especially because, like, I've I've listened to the Young Bucks book. I've, I just finished it yesterday, and I've been watching a lot of weird YouTube shit recently that's going back through old Impact Wrestling and TNA, and I'm like, oh, yeah, TNA had Okada. Huh. Like, and they, like, granted, he wasn't Okada yet, but they had him. And, like, he was about to be Okada. It wasn't like he was doing the Green Hornet ripoff, and then, like, eight years later was Okada. It was, like, three years later he was Okada. Like, he became full-blown Rainmaker. And, like, it's just funny that Vince Russo didn't know how to book Okada. Like... It's so good. I love it so much. It's that weird wrestling thing where I'm like, Okada's history in America could be so bad. It could be so bad. I I wish I could remember what his name was in Impact, where they made him like the Green Hornet sidekick. It was, I think they named him Kata. Or it might have just been Okada, honestly. He, they, he may have just no, been Okada. No, it wasn't Okada. Okada. It, I think it, oh. I'm, uh, look it up for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so... Oh god, I wish I could remember. Did they just straight the up name him, name him Kato? Because that would be bad. I think I think that that sounds. No, no, right. no. It was it was Okada, but it wasn't spelt Okada or okay. Okato or something like that. So okay. instead of Kato, yeah. it was okay Okato. I can't even say it right. Yeah, because I think Kato was the actual name. Yeah, of the Green Hornet. And that's why I was like, maybe they just straight up bit it. Yeah, 
which we, it's that era of TNA. It wouldn't have been surprising. Um, other comments that we got. Uh, and I also asked for predictions for money in the bank. Cause we're getting ready to run through that real quick. Um, Michaela, Michaela Minton, super fan of PZ 85 and nerdy's part and CCW. And we greatly appreciate her. Um, I thought that it was a great show. I was upset when the Young Bucks lost, but besides that, that I, besides that, I liked it. As for Money in the Bank, I think Becky Lynch is going to win so she can get a rematch with Bianca. And then for the men, I think it's going to be Seth because why not? Which is the best reason to have to pick someone to win a match. Uh, and then uh, Dylan Hager, also someone who has been super supportive of the show. Uh, big shout out to him and his. Um, uh, photography indie weekly is his one is photography and also the indie we uh indie wrestling roundups that he does on his facebook uh check those out as well dylan hager wrestling um check those out because dylan is the coolest uh wasn't super hyped for forbidden door going in but i absolutely loved it osprey versus orange was my favorite match I love the idea of Sammy winning Money in the Bank, but I think Riddle actually wins. And for the women, I'll say Alexa, shrug emoji, shouts to Dalton for his match last weekend. And then three fire emojis. Um, We'll get into the Money in the Bank stuff, um, but I also like the, I'll say Alexa, shrug, because... Yeah, like, because again, if you were to like, if we were doing a predictions game this week, I would be just saying, I don't know, Alexa, shrug. Yeah. Like, that would be my answer for everything. No kidding, but... Uh, yeah, I thought, I loved Forbidden Door. This was, I, I think this, I'm going to be very, very surprised if this doesn't end up being my show of the year. Um, just because from top to bottom, like, everything was just so good. There wasn't a lot of downtime. You know, there was a little, there were little things to kind of complain about. Um, the worst thing being the finish to the, to the four-way match, but that was, that you know if you're there was an injury involved like yeah. you can't that it wasn't like the ba- the booking was bad or someone screwed up there was there that was an injury so you kind of you got to give it a little bit of grace there um but no this was this was such a good show yeah Just it was they, a plus again like i don't remember what AEW show it was but i was like man this was 50 bucks and not that i wasn't entertained but it was like man i felt like i bought this for like one match and that one match was great. I can't remember which one it was, but like this one, no, nah, this was well worth the money. And they even, they gave us the pre-show and gave us four matches, four of them. Asa, they gave us four. Yeah. They were one away from a U. They almost gave us five. Almost five. Almost five. Um, but that's it for Forbidden Door. Moving in to Money in the Bank. That is this Sunday, um, Saturday. What day is Sunday. Money in the Bank? Uh, isn't it Sunday? Did they change July second? That's Saturday. That is Saturday. Okay, because, yeah, they they were moving more of their shows. So this Saturday Uh-oh. is Money in the Bank. Okay. I thought so. Haha. Caught myself there before I said wrong stuff. Uh, matches announced so far. Bianca Belair defending the Women's Championship against Carmella. Uh, this was originally supposed to be Bianca Belair defending against Rhea Ripley. Unfortunately, Rhea Ripley suffered a freak accident injury. Um, actually, two weeks ago, I meant to mention it last week. But last week was kind of our catch-up show, and there was so much other stuff to talk about that it, it was an oversight on my part, so I'm sorry. Um, but it was, she um, landed, her leg caught the rope, and it bounced her knee back into her own face. Yeah. And she suffered um, a what she tweeted about as saying a brain injury. So hopefully it's nothing too severe and that we see her back sooner rather than later. But again, like we always say, you know, healing... 
fully is more important than coming getting back. a quick return yeah so uh all our best to her but in the meantime carmella uh has been slotted as her replacement and honestly i don't hate it um because like when you look at the bigger story of wwe not story but like when you bigger look at the bigger landscape of wwe remember um whenever wwe was advertising sasha banks and then sasha banks didn't show up and uh, they talked about how unprofessional it was for them to advertise someone that wouldn't then appear. Oh, no, no, they didn't do that. They just said, haha, gotcha. Uh, but Becky's here. That's cool, right? I'm not bitter at all. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but it was the like squash match where like Car- Carmella just getting like steamrolled. And that was at SummerSlam last year. Uh, yeah. Year before? No, 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 year before, or last year was uh, Bianca losing to Becky. Okay, so, no, so it was last year. Yeah. Because it was, because it was when Becky came back. Um, But Carmella was like, so we, Sasha, they knew Sasha wasn't going to be there. They continued to advertise her. Um, And then Carmella came out, Becky came out, all that. So I like that Carmella's actually getting a shot. The fact that they don't consistently push anybody outside of like four people kind of like means that this match isn't going to mean a ton which is a bummer but i think it'll still be good yeah like because bianca is great carmella's really good like it this should still be solid uh ronda rousey versus natalia for the smackdown women's championship uh could not care less about ronda rousey in wwe i have hit my limit i was kind of willing to give it a shot but not really if you listen to us talk about wrestlemania when she came back um but I'm fucking done. Uh, the best thing to come out of this is Natalia just eating her alive Once, on Twitter. Yeah, that was great. Just breakfast, fucking eating her lunch, her dinner, and her breakfast. Mmm. It was great. Only good positive out of it. Uh, tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Uh, what I genuinely think will be the best match of the night is the Usos defending against the Street Profits. Um, I don't expect the Usos to lose the titles, but I do expect this to be a amazing match. Oh, it's going to rule. Because, uh, and yet again, I will say it tonight. I will say it on Saturday on Twitter. Montez Ford is a future WWE champion. Yeah. So there's that. Um, in a very infuriating matchup to me is Austin Theory, or I'm sorry, no, Theory, defending the United States Championship against Bobby Lashley. Asa, why are you mad that Lashley's getting a United States Championship match? I thought you liked him a lot. Good question, other Asa. It's because Lashley is over as fuck. Cody got taken out. We don't know what, like, we have no real big plans for SummerSlam now, it seems like. Hey, Lashley even did the like posing with the fan title after uh, his match with Omos. Hell yeah. Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. Give me that. That would be awesome. That would be a SummerSlam main event. Oh, no. We're going to do Brock Lesnar again. I, I hate it. I want Lashley to destroy Theory in like six seconds and just take the title forever. Until he decides, I'm done with this. I want that one now. Yeah. But, uh, and then the two Money in the Bank ladder matches for a world championship contract. Uh, the women's match is set as Lacey Evans, who 
Is this her first match back? I really haven't been paying attention. I know you're the worst person to ask, but like, I think I she like had a she... match. I think she had a match. Cause I don't know what they're doing with her because like, okay, she was getting the face promo, like the face vignettes on SmackDown. Then they moved her to raw. Then they like listed her internally of like, Oh, Hey, we're, we're giving her the same promos, but now she's a heel and now she's back on SmackDown. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Um, but Lacey Evans versus Alexa bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Asuka versus Shotzi versus Becky Lynch. Um, I, before we go into our picks, Dalton, for the second time, well, no, for the second time, will the winner of the women's money in the bank briefcase wait more than, let's say a month? No. To cash in. No, they'll cash in. After the Ronda match? After the Ronda match, yeah. I also think they're going to cash in under the Ronda match. That's why I led you that way, because that's why I said that. I spoiled myself. Yeah. I'm tired, y'all. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I d- yeah, I 100% think that that's the th- they're going to give an easy way out for Ronda to drop the title without having to like really drop the title. So I think it'll be tonight now granted this could all go up in smoke if this match like opens the show if that the the ronda natalia match opens the show that is um who do you think wins it lacey evans alexa bliss Liv morgan raquel rodriguez oscar shotzi or becky lynch i'm gonna steal one from dylan alexa (laughs) um yeah i could see that I, I would I would be a lot more confident saying Lacey Evans if I knew what her character was. Yeah. If we knew what she was, I mean, outside of just like she's here January 6th. Uh, <laughs> but are we supposed to cheer her or not? Because um, I could absolutely see her costing like Rhonda. Um, <sighs> yeah, I don't know, Ace. I don't know. this, this And it's like, and it's not because... It, it, it's not because it's like, man, there's so many great options. Because, I mean, it's just like, man, how with how they've historically booked the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase, it just kind of feels like, all right, well, we're not going to hold on to it for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I know it's not going to happen, but I'm going to say Asuka. Just because I want to see her hold on to that briefcase forever and just be weird with it. Yeah. I think that would be f- like, you're not ready to, you're not, you were not ready for Asuka. And you don't know when you'll have to be. Yeah, and when like, and she, I like that. And when she won it last time, they just gave her the belt. Right. So yeah, that's a good pick. So that's just because I want to see it. If I have to go with a realistic choice, um, I'm gonna say it's Raquel Rodriguez, but she announces when she's gonna cash it in. Yeah, she like when she, she cashes in shot. her rematch against Ronda. Yeah. Uh, and then the men's money in the bank ladder match: Seth freaking Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle. And TBD. Um, real quick, something that I touched on earlier. The reason that Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are in the match is because they beat the Usos in a, if you win, you're in the match. <laughs> uh, so the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions taking L's. Um, because, of course. I, this is, and this is kind of the opposite problem where there's like a lot of really solid answers here. Um, I will say my big gripe with this, though, is now that Roman's on that much lighter schedule, 
because yet again, there's no defense of the Ubu Championship on the pay-per-view. Uh, it means a lot less, especially now that there's only one target. Um, I agree with Dylan that Sami Zayn would be fun with the briefcase as just of a like, no, I ha- now that I have this, Roman has nothing to worry about. But him still being like shady about it yeah. and just like, but him be like him alternating between being completely earnest and also, but what if like just having that, like and seeing that that would be probably the most fun result, like out of any of this um, riddle. I really hope it's not him because I don't want to see him versus Roman again as like the, because it should have been Randy. Um, cause Cody got hurt. Randy got hurt. Like that's why we're in the Brock Lesnar scenario here. Um, honestly, I, I'm going with Rollins. I think that he makes the most sense, and I also just kind of want to see that match again. Also, like just the, to be able to play on the the heist of the century, yeah, again, but like now with these with these different characters, essentially, yeah. Like I'm gonna go with Rollins as well, just for that reason. Like I think it's the most interesting choice out of all of them. Um. And granted, there's still one additional person, so, like, I don't know who it's going to end up being. Yeah, fuck but... it. I'm going TBD. He's going over. He's winning it, brother. TBD? Yeah, TBD's winning it. Good win for TBD. God, I hope, in. I hope I'm right. I really do, just so I can be like, fucking called it. I'm a genius. You know what it, you know what it should be? Um, Because I, well, I guess it, maybe it'll be someone on SmackDown, but Kevin Owens makes sense as, like, being a, a last-minute replacement in there. Um, but what I hope it is, is that it's, I don't know, pick a name, Kevin Owens, well, Kevin Owens. Yeah. It'll be Kevin Owens. What I hope happens, not really, but it should, but not really, but Mustafa Ali absolutely should just like, after a big spot, everyone's taken out, just have him run out, climb up and be like, fucking Lesnar got to do it. Yeah. It's mine now. Now, now it's my turn. I have now. I have the briefcase. I have the contract. Do something about it. That'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be. I wouldn't hate that. I'm on board with that. Um, couple quick news stories before I let Dalton uh, unleash on playing with ourselves. Uh, we already talked about Adam Cole being injured. We talked about Rhea Ripley being injured. Uh, another bit of unfortunate, um, severe injury that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about, but it really deserves to be mentioned. Um, it was announced on Tuesday night that uh, former NXT star Two Dimes uh, is sleeping with the fishes. So, R.I.P. to Two Dimes. He has a name, but I don't remember what it was because uh, I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell him in Stacks at Park. But he made a play for Tony D'Angelo's throne. They threw the gold watch into the river, and canonically, NXT Two Dimes is dead. Dalton, the thing that I was going to tell you before the show that I didn't is that apparently the the dude who plays or who was two dimes tweeted out jokes on you I'm a real good swimmer <laughs> okay but he deleted it oh <laughs> yeah so that's but like out of it but the internet sees the internet always sees I'd have been like fuck you you fired me <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly what the fuck you guys do tell me I can't keep a tweet up fuck you <laughs> no kidding uh Log- it was announced today that Logan Paul has officially signed with the WWE. Uh, I'm taking this from Ariel Helwani's Twitter page. Logan Paul has signed a deal with WWE, just announced on Twitter. 
Per sources, it's a multi-year deal to compete at multiple events per year. No return date set, but could be next month at SummerSlam. Uh, he says Miz would make a lot of sense. Additional details per sources. Deal includes an undisclosed number, undisclosed number of premium live events across 2022 and 2023. He'll likely, I'm told, have his first big appearance at SummerSlam, but could be on TV before that. He signed the deal yesterday. Um... I don't hate this. Um, and obviously, like, Miz flat out said that he and Logan Paul were going to challenge for the tag titles at SummerSlam. Where he, well, he said that they were going to become tag team champions. I don't remember exactly what he said. Um, but it, I, I wouldn't hate to see them, like, tag again before they have their inevitable match. Um, but I, I get that Logan Paul is a very divisive person and he did a very, 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 very shitty thing and has done multiple shitty things, honestly. But like, I get, and again, maybe I'm a victim of his marketing doing exactly what his marketing is supposed to do. Yeah. I've been under the impression that over the last couple years, he has actually like grown as a person. I know he actually took some backlash from part of his fan base, which sucks because he spoke out about Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. Like, saying, like, no, I do the dumbest shit, but I also, like, I know that I'll probably be fine if the cops show up when I'm doing this shit. So, you know, that's... It's not all black and white. Bad people can do good things. Good people can do bad things. Like, it's it's an area of grace. So, like, and... Again, I don't follow them. I don't really know a whole lot about them, just kind of like from what I see on the outskirts of social media. But from what I can tell, it's his brother that super sucks. Yeah, which he did super suck at one point, too. No, it, yeah, like, like but, I mean, like, but still. Yeah, like, Jake it's his still apparently sucks. super sucks. Yeah, because, like, Jake was the one that I'm pretty sure that, like, got arrested for looting during the George Floyd riots. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I know it was one of them, and no, it was, but it it, it wasn't Logan. It wasn't, it wasn't Logan. Logan. Yeah. So it was definitely Jake, and it's one of those where it's like, uh, it's a good move for WWE. I and like it doesn't upset me at all. It makes sense. It's a good move for Logan Paul to make money. Um, he does have a knack for it. Uh, I can't say that the dude isn't super fucking athletic and gifted. And mm -hmm. if anybody has all the time in the world to learn how to be a wrestler at the at the grandest stage with all the athletic gifts already given, might as well be a multimillionaire. Like, it's a lot of people hate it because it's him. Uh, yeah. But like, it makes sense though. Like, I can't get mad because it makes perfect fucking sense. Like WWE is going to have a good ratings boost because of it. Uh, he's going to have more fans because of it. Like, I don't think this is going to be a Gronkowski thing. I think he will take this very seriously. Um, because I mean, his match at, his match at mania was yeah. really good. Like, I think the match at mania proves that he takes it seriously. Yeah. Like, whereas Gronkowski did Gronkowski things and like, this is coming from a fan that's a fan of the Patriots, but man, Rob Gronkowski is kind of a joke. Uh, but, like, Logan Paul, at least, like, you can tell there's a certain... It's him and Bad Bunny are the two that I'm like, oh, these two guys get it. Unlike somebody like Machine Gun Kelly, who takes, like, a hell of a bump back in, like, 2016. And then is tweeting about it like it wasn't a big deal. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, Logan Paul at least has a very good understanding and respect for the wrestling business. And it's like I said, and I think I saw Bob Evans say it on Facebook of just like, why are you being jealous? If they were going to sign 10 guys after Logan Paul, are you sure it was going to be you? Like, WWE's never going to touch me. Why am I upset that they signed somebody that's going to make them a lot of money? If anything, that makes perfect fucking sense. Yeah. No, it, he he does bring a certain name value. He does bring a certain audience, like, with eyes. So, I get it again. Like, I understand why... If you, if you are unwilling to look past, you know, what he's done in the past, I get it. I'm not going to hold that against you. Like, you, no one is entitled to your forgiveness. No one is entitled to you tolerating a second chance yeah so like yeah but to me personally it seems like he has been on an upward trajectory of like being people now again that could completely come undone at any moment like i'm not saying i'm not holding him in any sort of high regard i just like no he but like the bar is also super low so it's like congratulations you have pulled yourself out of the utter shit and now instead of swimming in it, you're just kind of standing on it. Like, yeah. Which whenever so. WWE has people on their show that are actively like doing high dives into it, standing <laughs> in, it's not that big of a deal. Am I right? Vince, yeah. am I right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I know. And that's uh, what we were talking about earlier. Of Just like, it could have been a way worse human. Like, yeah, the force thing was really fucking stupid. We can all agree on that. But in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things that, could have happened and things that have happened in WWE's past. Is it really the worst thing ever? Not even by a fucking country mile. No, and you still have fucking Vince McMahon being just the absolute narcissistic yeah. fuck coming out on TV, even as more and more heinous shit comes out about him. And so. again, like it's the whole like because I mean the thing we're referencing is the forest. And if you're if you're not aware, Logan Paul. And sorry, we're getting. I'm just because it's one of those things that I feel like if you're not initiated into what we're talking about, this is kind of important background. But like besides being like an influencer in the time of influencers being a rise and being super fucking obnoxious, he also filmed a dead body in the Japanese uh, suicide forest, um, and then had not a great apology afterwards. Uh, and that's kind of what oh, leaned into it, leaned, leaned into, into it and like tried to, he's like, fine. If everyone thinks I'm a piece of shit, I'm going to be a piece of shit. Yeah. So he did like kind of progressively more tasteless, shitty things. Yeah. So that's what we're kind of talking about. And that's like the main thing that people have against them, which I totally get. And like, again, like you said, you're no, no one's entitled to your forgiveness. But when I look at the grand scheme of things that wrestlers, that have been under contract at WWE and still are in contract at WWE and being on fucking WWE TV. That's not even the worst thing right now. Like if Logan Paul did that tomorrow and it was like, but he's going to be on raw on Monday. I'd be like, I, is Vince going to be there? Cause I still think what Vince did, did is way worse. Uh, yeah. Like, so and like, again, nobody's in, like, you don't have to like this and you can say he's a shitty person and you justify yourself. That's fine. Um, and I won't say you're wrong, uh, but in the grand scheme of it, ah, it's not even like the top five most fucked up thing that somebody's done in that company recently. Because like Uso, one of the Usos is still a year off of not even less than a year off of having a DUI. Like, yeah, no, there's a, like there's a lot of shitty going in that company right now. At least yeah, it's, it's at least it's been like 2017, 2018 since he did that. Yeah, it was 18. Um, so yeah, like I said, no, you're you're not entitled to you're. You don't have to forgive him. You don't have to like it. Um, but I'm, you know, curious. Um, 
real quick as well. Uh, a couple bits of contract news. First one being that Alan Angels has officially finished up with AEW. Uh, he put out a statement. I am nothing but grateful for the two years. I or As of June 30th, my AEW contract has, has expired. I am nothing but grateful for the two years I spent there. I love AEW. It was slash is the best place ever to work. I got to wrestle some of the best wrestlers in the world on a weekly basis, as well as travel to some of the most amazing cities and meet some of the best fans in the world. There are no hard feelings between myself and AEW or Tony Khan. Um, it's another. Yes. Oh, no, I was doing the Dark Order thing. Oh, I thought you were raising here. It's another one um, of my homies gone. Yeah, I had a great time in AEW and would have loved to have stayed, but I am extremely excited for my future in pro wrestling. I am 24. Yeah. And I look at this as my my emphasis, not his. And I look at this as my wrestling career just beginning. Now I get to show everyone how good I really am. I'm going to grind harder than I ever have before. I'm going to make as many towns as I can, meet as many fans as I can, and wrestle as much as I can until I am considered one of the best going today. Thank you all for all the support and kind words, and I hope you all will continue to follow my journey. A's in the chat. Um, he did an interview with uh, Fightful where he essentially said that they informed him about a month and a half ago that he would not be, uh, they would not be re- re- renewing his contract when it came due. Um, they offered him a per appearance deal that he turned down just so that he mentioned saying like he never really had, he only had a three year indie career. So now he wants to go out on the indies and, and make a name for himself and, and, go from there so super cool it looks like there's no bad blood which you like to see um it's unfortunate just because it's like i'm worried for the dark order in general like evil uno i think will have a job forever because he does the you know aw games and and stuff like that with them um but like i i I, every the others like you know alex reynolds and and silver and uh 10 like huh all right let's because i like all of them especially like silver and reynolds uh for sure like I, i'd like to see them you know keep their jobs and also just you know maybe be featured a little bit more but uh also anna jay because anna jay has even like started go kind of wearing more of her previous gimmick like the the star of the show yeah gi- uh gimmick stuff so but that's unfortunate but it's good that there's it doesn't seem to be any hard feelings there and also like good on him for just kind of i'm gonna hit their ground running yeah, so. it's a bummer. I love the Dark Order, um, and it's uh, looks like it's not doing well, especially since we also haven't seen Colt Cabana in a while. Uh, but that's supposed. Oh to- yeah, well, th- that is rumored that he's supposed to be a pretty big part of the ROH. Yeah, yeah and which, I, which the ROH card is coming up um, apparently next month. Yeah, the pay per view. I'm excited for that one a whole lot. But yeah, no, it's it's a bummer. I my opinions of the Dark Order have never been hidden. I've always loved the Dark Order. Um, it's just a bummer that this is what's happening mm-hmm. uh and then last news story before i let you talk about games and toys for just a bit um a little bit of a follow-up on the sasha banks being released story um raj giri is the one who initially reported that she was released internally um we have yet to get any sort of confirmation there but he posted a follow-up um although it has since been deleted uh on twitter that said here's what i know about sasha banks she was released on june 10th and it came from Erica Schreiber, VP of Business and Legal Affairs for Talent Relations. As for why WWE has not said anything or removed her, 
the rumor is that leadership is trying to smooth things over. So it, I, I don't really know what to, to read from that other than he heard from someone uh, that she was given her release. So maybe it was they were planning on releasing her and then they decided, actually, no, we want to try to keep her in the fold, see what we can do. So who knows? But that is I've been curious about like, man, everyone else is like, no, she's still showing on the internal roster and stuff like that. So he's at least clarifying of like not where he heard things because it's not like he heard he's not saying that he heard from the VP of business and legal affairs, the talent relations, but that's who's the one who actually issued the release. Yeah. So curious. We'll see what continues to happen with, as this uh, progresses. So, um, but that is it for the news of the week. Um, and then going into playing with ourselves, uh, there was the announcement of new major brothers, super sevens, Dalton, and, are you excited? And they're Super $75 a fucking piece. Yeah, Super 7. Uh, no, Super 7s are like forty five fifty. Uh, They actually, very uh, timely for the show this morning they put out, or yesterday they put out a uh, show with the guy that runs Super 7, or at least like one of the like American people that are like an uh, advocate for Super 7. Representative, that's the word I wanted. And uh, <laughs> they talked about like, no... Uh, a normal action figure has this many paint decals. You guys have like a thousand instead of like the 600 that we're used to. And that raises cost up and like how producing an action figure actually works. So it makes sense. Um, that being said, I'm probably not going to get them. They look cool. I might get Brian Myers just because it's black and gray instead of the blue and orange. But like the Cardona's is super sweet, but I, I don't need it. Um, and, uh, but a really cool little piece of uh, news we got is that they're redoing Gallows and Anderson. Because those figures were kind of hot garbage when they came out. Um, they were not good. Uh, I'm looking at them right now. They're not good. The Anderson's pretty cool, but like the Gallows is bad. Uh, there was like a bunch of issues at the factory. They like actually injected the mold and all of this with a broken part in it. And that's why the beard is fucked up on all of our figures. They did end up re-releasing heads to people that bought them from Super 7's website. I didn't do that, so I didn't get the different head. The corrected version. It's fine. I'm not upset. Uh, but we are getting new uh, Good Brothers. Uh, depending on what they look like, I might end up getting those uh, because they will not be $75 a piece. It's cool. I like that Super 7's doing it. Uh, they're, he, the guy did tease the fact that they can't do the New Japan waves anymore, but that's not saying that they can't reach out to these guys independently and turn the New Japan waves into independent wrestlers waves. Uh, I'd be super fucking into that. Uh, depending on who they got. Um, it is a cool... Go listen to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, that just dropped today or yesterday. Uh, but it was really interesting to hear them talk about how action figures actually get made. Um, and like the cost in that. Uh, WWE 2K, uh, their third of three of... Their third DLC pack of four came out two days ago. This one's uh, entitled Clowning Around. Because the main person was Doink. Uh, we got Doink the Clown, Ronda Rousey, Dewdrop, Rick Boogs, and Mr. T. I'm not going to lie. I have only played as uh, Dewdrop as of right now. Uh, she plays very slow. But when she hits, she hits like a truck. She's a lot of fun to play as. I just haven't gotten a chance to play as all of them. There's a really interesting like run-in that you can do with Doink. 
Uh, I saw this on YouTube. Whereas if you're wrestling as Doink or if you're wrestling against Doink, um, there can a, a random run-in can occur, and it's a second Doink that comes and hits you with a prosthetic limb and then powders. Uh, that's real fucking cool. I like that a lot. That's neat. Um, this cute little new generation moment. Um, Ronda Rousey's entrance theme is like weirdly cut from the game. Uh, like you can't pick it in the jukebox. Uh, 2K is really weird right now. Uh, I haven't played in a couple weeks, uh, mainly because I just kind of got burnt out on my faction for a while, but uh, it's still a fun game. Go ahead and play it. I'm probably going to try to get through. I'll probably end up playing all the climbing around once uh, the last DLC pack hits that has RVD. I'll probably catch up on all that then. Um, and then wrestling figure wise, uh, it's very, we're long into this. I don't want to go over the shit that I've gotten just because I there's cool things that I want to kind of highlight. Uh, but I did end up getting the series, uh, six or eight Moxley. This is a cool little figure. I like this a whole lot. And then, uh, from Patrick, uh, Frigga from, uh, FNM, uh, memorabilia from CCW. I finally got a junkyard dog figure. Uh, I realized that I never got the junkyard dog and the either two figures that he got, uh, it was sitting there and I got it. I was pretty happy with it. It's a neat little figure. He comes with a crown. He has like an actual dog collar with a chain, like an actual chain. It's pretty mm-hmm. dope. But yeah, that's all I got right now. I'm surprised that you uh, didn't have one already. That's what I also thought when I saw it sitting there and I had to look through my 80s shelf because I do take like somewhat updated pictures of all mm-hmm. my shelves. And I was like, I don't have JYD at all in this. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Um, did you want to talk about at all about the... So with those... Elites that you sent me, were those new reveal? Like oh, that new wave? yeah, Elite 96 is, uh, they haven't shown off pictures of them, um, but it's Hogan, Kingston, Dewdrop, which I'm going to have to get that one, Brock Lesnar with the ponytail, we may have actually seen that one already, um, I'm missing two people and I'm really frustrated about it, uh, Ela uh, uh, Dragunov, and, yeah. uh, oh, the picture's on my phone. Kofi Hogan, Dragonoff, Dewdrop, Lesnar, Lesnar, and uh, Nakamura, King Nakamura, and he's he is announced as King Nakamura. We also did get uh, photo images of uh, Target exclusive series uh, Legends uh, sixteen, which is cool because we haven't gotten fifteen in stores yet. So I'm happy that we're getting in hand shots of figures from a wave that we haven't even got. We have ECW 2000 or ECW's 2006 one night stand. Rey Mysterio buying that, buying that twice. Fucking love that gear. Um, we're getting the acolytes, uh, Bradshaw and Farouk. We, we did get APA like seven years ago. I ended up not buying those and now they're super expensive on the secondary market. So I'm definitely buying these and Molly Holly, who's going to be the chase and you can get her as Molly Holly or mighty Molly. And they both come with a head sculpt that works for either version. Uh, that's super dope. And then we got ruthless aggression. This is a Walmart exclusive wave of uh, series two. The first series, which has not hit mass retail yet is uh Shawn Michaels, Lesnar and Batista. Um, all in elite form, uh, all from like the 0305 era. Um, we did get photo images of what Series 2 is going to be. It's going to be Booker T in the NWO gear. Yes, Asa, we're getting a gear that has appeared two times before uh, Shawn Michaels super kicked him out of the NWO during the revival. Um, we also got uh, Rob Van Dam in one of his, like, his, whenever I think he won the, uh, I think it, I can't remember what time it was he won the ICC, but one of the time he won the uh, IC belt. 
And then I can't think of what the third one is, which is real bad. But there's a third figure, and it's there, and I'm sure it's really cool. Oh, this is bad reporting on my part. I cannot, I cannot help you with this. Yeah, get, you have to yeah swim swim in your inadequacy here. But I've sent you pictures of the like the Rob Van Dam is super cool. Uh, I am going to put the Tiger Stripe one in my 1990 shelf, and then I'm going to put the um this one in the like the 2000s because I ended up selling off. Rey Mysterio in white gear. That was the third one. It's so unimportant that I forgot about it. Because we've been getting so many Mysterios. So even in like the Mysterio wave, it's a, the Ruthless Aggression has like him in the white baggy pants and the mask, which is I'm sure is fine. Uh, but then like Target's getting ECW one night stand Rey Mysterio where ECW's on the back of the mask. Like, mm-hmm. I uh, I can't. I, I don't get excited about baggy pants Mysterios anymore. I got like three of them whenever they first started making them. Uh, I'm good. I'm. I give yeah. me, give me tights, Mysterio. Give me WCW and give me current Mysterio, baby. That's what I want. WCW would be cool. Oh, there's some really good WCW ones out. Uh, the Phantom Gear. I have that one because, of course, I had to get that one. That was Elite right, sixty. Obviously. That was Elite sixty nine, and then they did Starcade ninety six. Mysterio super early in the Elite waves. So like we've gotten some cool WCW ones, but yeah, more WCW <laughs> ones because those those are always sweet. Gotcha. Uh, well, unless you have anything else for this part. Oh, uh, no, uh, we're good. I, th- I think no, I, we're good. I, I nailed well, all of it. Killed it. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, so that is going to be it for the show. Uh, again, Forbidden Door last weekend. Money in the Bank is this Saturday. Let us know. If you're watching it, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know who you think is going to win. Who's gonna Who's gonna walk out with those money in the brink, money in the bank briefcases, money in the brink, um, or in the more than likely in the women's match? Who is going to leave with the <laughs> one of the titles championship? Who is going to win the briefcase and then immediately cash in on it so they don't have to worry about uh, holding it? <laughs> Again, you can tweet us at nerdiest part for the show i'm at the five star man and dalton is at mr d anthony n-p-o-t-r um and that's gonna do it so thank you everyone for sticking with us uh sorry again for the audio issues hopefully you kind of just barely noticed it but i haven't edited it yet so we'll see but until next week we'll be back next week talking about money in the bank and god knows what else because who knows what else is gonna happen in pro wrestling so uh, until next week, thank you again so much. Y'all mean the world to us. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and as always, watch more wrestling.